With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Berwick BMW has a range of re-owned vehicles ready for immediate delivery. BerwickBMW.com.au Robot Building Supplies. Robots got it. And deliver. RobotBuildingSupplies.com.au Sonos. Game-changing sound this festive season. Save now on ready-made speaker sets. The Run Home. With Andy and Gazy. No, not quite. Not quite. It is Josh Jenkins and Andrew Gaze. I've got a disengaged... Co-host, not at all. I've got a set of headphones that just, uh, just a nice little <laughs> rattle in the left oh, ear, geez. which is just, which is just delightful. So, hey, I tell chaos. you what, we don't need absolute yes. chaos. This is what I'm we need. I'll go home and have a few beers. Well, that'd be nice. But uh, this Hang is what on. we need. This is uh, the last day of the run home, as in Andy Ma. Unfortunately, he's on the longest day. We might try and put in a call for uh, Andy Ma, who's trying to raise <laughs> some much-needed funds to a wonderful charity. They're playing. Uh, was it 30, 72 holes of golf in one day? And he started at like 6 a.m. And he's going through. 57 they in, started. Extraordinary. So uh, we might put a call in to see how the old fella's going, but uh, he does it every year and it's uh, full credit to uh, him. Just chuck the phone on silent. But the if you last could. thing we need from you is a bit of. Uh, a bit of negativity around well, the place. This is the run home. Joshy, we're all about positivity. If there's a, a few little glitches with the headphones, <laughs> if there's a few little glitches here and there with our uh, lines for our callers, we power through here from uh, 3 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. on a Monday to Friday type uh, schedule. Well, the ratings come out tomorrow. Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk. I said we want to stay positive, real positive. But what I have learned, uh, there are there are different metrics that uh, come into play when it's the ratings. So um, there's a thing called uh, hits and downloads and all that type of stuff. Yes. Cumes is a new word I've learned over this year. A cum, and apparently the cum. What is a Very cum? tasty. I have no idea, but it's uh, but it, apparently it's good. Our cum is good. Our cum. So uh, our Ratings tomorrow, so um, yeah, this might be our last day. Five hundred and nineteen. Well, this Penny is Murray Gaze. Ta da! <laughs> this is your last no, day. No, it's not. We're going to be around for a long time, whether you like it or not. It's your last day, though, to, for, for the, the year. year. For the uh, year. It's about my first. I'm about to just fill in for you guys. No, no, you joined me um, mid-season when uh, Annie had a bit of a spell. Yes. We, we did a week. Jeez, I can't remember. No, like, we did a can't day. Can't believe you didn't. We did a day. It was only a day. <laughs> I thought we did a whole week together. Just a day. No, we did a week. It was a day. It was one week. You and I. Right. Day. Oh. One day. Oh dear. Was did it? Did it feel like a week? Did it? <laughs> it was only one day. One day. Ah, it was Our great fun. I know that. Our man lost his voice. Hey, we've got a big show today. Huge show. Hey, you know what? Before you get into all the uh, the details mm. of it all, Mondays, as uh, I'm sure you're aware, pox. And rocks. Mm. And this is where we get a little bit of engagement from the audience as well about uh, all the, the, the good things and the, some of the not-so-good things that have gone on through the week. Of course. So make sure we uh, we get those callers in. What's our number? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Pox and rocks, you know the deal. And the hopefully audience knows you've got heaps because I know typically when uh, the usual host is in this seat, you don't often get to oh. spill as many as you've got written down. But today mm. uh, you'll get – 
ample opportunity to to read yours out. But that's going to be in between. Uh, we've got Josh Majette, the import point guard of the. Did you see the upstart. game? Did you see the game yesterday? Unbelievable. The Sydney Kings taking on the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. 12 points down at uh, three-quarter time and not looking good in a relatively low-scoring affair. They come out, they miss a three-ball, they have an unsportsmanlike foul. Sydney go to the free-throw line, whack, kitty, whack, whack. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there's 14 points up, and we're thinking, oh, well, hello. I it Blowout City uh, mm. could be here. I turned it off. Well, knock me down with a feather. Milton Doyle. Just a superstar of the competition, yes. and uh, certainly Joshua Majette did a, some wonderful things as well. Jack McVeigh, superstar. They hold, get this, they hold the Sydney Kings. Mm, the champs. To four points in the quarter. Now, they ended up with six because there's a little junk points yeah. at the, the end. So they officially six points in a quarter, and I think they reeled off, was it 29? Mm. It was one stuff. of the most uh, extraordinary turnarounds in a game of basketball that uh, I've seen in quite some time. And, f- and again, we keep saying this about the Jack Jumpers. I don't know a team in the world that has the resilience, the determination, the grit, the poise. Yep. Grit is another very good ad- adjective to describe it. And uh, they just keep on. Golden. Well, nah. I don't know. that They. they, they Unfortunately, weren't able to get over the line, A-Rod, uh, in, in very dramatic fashion. And they're high rolling because mm. they are the darlings of the fixture makers and will speak. Mm. You've got your winners and losers of the fixture, have you not? I, I don't. Well, I do know this. Well, you've been pouring over rounds 1 I to did. 16. But then you sort of poo-pooed it and said, no one gives a rats about the uh, this type of well, stuff. So well, I, winners... I did taper my enthusiasm after <laughs> the feedback that you provided. The winners and losers of the fixture well, is one of the t- bottom three mm. uh, pieces of content for the calendar year. Well, I don't – well, I think you're being a little harsh uh, because I was not overly thrilled about it all until I saw a report in uh, – was it The Age? might have been The Age or, mm. the, or the, uh, the Boston Bun um, – that – the Hawthorne have actually, for the first time uh, in their position where they finished last year, they are considered one of the uh, less favourable draws yes. because they have to play last year's top six teams twice. Ooh. Them and Adelaide are the two that are outside the top eight that have copped it. Now, I don't know the the exact machinations of it all, but apparently because of the new uh, get around us, what is it called? No, gather, gather around us. Gather around would be gather the around, appropriate term. Uh, um, in fixture, Adelaide, that um, that yeah, apparently Hawthorne. But here's the thing about it all: it's one of those things you only know in hindsight where you've got a good draw or a bad draw. Thank you, because there are teams that can fall off the perch Thank a little bit. You and there are teams, depending at a certain stage of the season when you play them, they might have a few missing. So you don't really know. But by all reports, the Carlton fans are up and about because um, Carlton. Yes. Because they- <laughs> <laughs> because they prime time. Woo-hoo! Well, I was hoping for the Carlton grab. Prime time. <laughs> no, still not there. Carlton. There. Bit late. See, the coordination's not quite there. No, well, if you should have got in a bit earlier and you could have had rehashed it. And... Well, he was been playing it. But the prime time, they've got uh, seven, either the Friday or the uh, Friday or Thursday nights, mm. uh, which. Are the marquee in the slots first fifteen weeks for too. the ratings? Yes. Uh, so they'll be up and about. They mm. hopefully they can perform. Uh, so the, I mean, mm. they're thereabouts. They're 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 they're. It was a slogan they used a few years ago, but uh, 
they know we're coming. That's well, what Carlton fans, they can just re-u- rehash it. Save 50000 on mm, marketing mm. Uh, costs. Just rehash it. They well, know we are coming. Now, I assume they're doing this because the, those that are making the uh, the television schedules assume that uh, Carlton 1 will be very good, which I think is a, a fair judgment to make based on what we saw last season, albeit they they taped slipped it up. and slipped up with a mm. couple of unfortunate losses. But did they, to your eye, play a aesthetically pleasing brand yes. of football? Yes, absolutely they did. Well, they, right. ha- they have the uh, the reigning, the two mm. reigning Coleman medalists in Kerno and yes. Mackay. So absolutely, they've now got mm. the Brownlow medalists. So it makes sense, but we need to see them uh, perform. Well, that's um, true. Now, it's not a Carlton show. Andy Marr's not here. Well, hang on. Here's, ca- uh, one thing we will do today, unlike uh, most other days. Yes. We can't give in the uh, you call, you get on guarantee. Oh, we probably could today. But uh, when, if you text in, there's a very strong chance you're going to get read out. So uh, send Wow. A, within reason. Within reason. Uh, have I turned? Have I tuned into the Hawks podcast? What, Peter, that was from Peter. Why would you have said that? I don't know. Maybe because we made mention that on a report that was out there that Adelaide and Hawthorne have copped, in some people's judgment, the worst uh, draw mm, for well, next Hawthorne season. Hawthorne are playing gather round at Norwood Oval. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Send the West Indies a to a Jack Jumpers brand. game from Dan. Yeah. <laughs> just to try and well, provide. We'll get into that. We'll get into that on both fronts. Because as I said, Josh Majet's going to join us after four, mm-hmm. who's just that, you know, that old school, get them organized, mm. make the right play point guard yes. every single time. Uh, Lucy Zelich is going to join us as well uh, at after four thirty because big news in the A League. The A League restarted if you uh, weren't aware, which I wasn't. Which, it's uh, restarted. Well, it's restarted, hasn't it's it? It's well and truly restarted. I think we're... We've had a little uh, uh, World Cup FIFA, hiatus. Yeah, I think it was second week in to the... Re- only the first week in. First you week. are correct. Yeah, just lay off yeah, me. Uh, so she'll well, jump too. on, Lucy will jump on to talk about the fact that they've sold, effectively, that's a fair enough term, sold the grand final to Sydney. They have, for three years. For three years. So based on what we saw last year, it could be Western United aka a Melbourne team, mm. versus Melbourne City. How would that fare in Sydney? That's farcial. Well, I don't know if it's farcial, but it is... Um, uh, I think it is definitely farcial. Well, apparently it's a a um, eight-figure sum that the New South Wales state government has stumped up. So now I don't know whether that eight-figure is per annum or eight-figure for the, the entire three years. So it might be $10 million for three years or something in that order, which is not a... Three million a year. It's it's a nice little incentive. Don't get me wrong. But well, guess what? They might have to use some of that ten million mm. to pay people in Sydney to go. If it is Melbourne, to oh, be I think Melbourne. you're being a little harsh. I think that they get no, a. No, I'm not. They would get a. Well, I, I suppose they look at the models, the AFL model, the NFL model. There are others around the world that do this, but um, the the uh, European Championships do it in both. Football and yes. uh, basketball, so it's not it's not an unusual model, but it mm. is one that if you're the sport, uh, they've really gone out of their way in the press release about this announcement to say how enthusiastic and passionate the New South Wales government were to stump up some money and and really support the code. So it's a um, it's a nice little kicker. I don't know; it might take a little while to develop, and it's only guaranteed for the next three years. But it's um, that'll be. It'll be an interesting, you know, and Lucy will give us a – I don't know. They say the cl- the, the clubs were all supportive of it. 
Yes. That surprises me a little bit because well, I would have thought if you're a home team and you get a home grand final that a little extra something jumps in. A little bit of a something in the kick. Mm, but maybe mm. not. Hey, just uh, just on that, the other thing that I did hear yes. uh, this morning is this is also about, uh, you know, when we get back to the uh, fixturing stuff, mm-hmm. apparently there is outrage out there by the AFL's fans' official mm-hmm. organisation because they didn't release the entire fixture. The fans' association? Yes. yes. They, they didn't have the schedule. So I think they've only actually uh, done... Rounds 1 to 16? And then the games they'll know, but when and and yep. Time the timing on when they'll be played hasn't been released. Now, to me, it seems like a reasonable thing for the AFL to do is to just see how teams are going, and then you want to have the, the marquee games in marquee slots to maximise. Well, what about those airfares these days are very expensive, Gazy. I know uh, it mightn't be a concern of yours, but it's a concern of the everyday <laughs> Now, that is just unnecessary way to start our it's relationship. It's <laughs> yes. of the everyday soldier. No, it is. Those but who have to turn right when they get on the plane are concerned about these types of things. I've never t- – I very rarely turn left. I'll give you the drum. But, hey, Joshua, what yes. about, though, how many weeks in before you, if you were the grand poo bar of fixturing, mm. how many weeks in before you would have a very accurate understanding of uh, what would be the mar- or the more likely marquee games for round 16 on? A couple of months. So you need about eight games? Yeah, I reckon That round- many? Yes. You need eight games? Yeah. To know which ones are going to be the marquee games? Well, I think so. Teams can quickly fall off the perch. Well, they can. Get injuries. It only takes two injuries for a. You look at Richmond. Right. You lose Dusty, you lose Cochin, and then all of a sudden you don't necessarily want mm. to put the Tigers on prime time. Mm. So it doesn't take long. Uh, Chad Sayers, SEN Cricket's own mm. Chaddy Sayers, that's uh, Chad with two Ds, is going to join us after five as well. Just to break down, our man Simon right. O'Donnell hasn't missed the West Indies on summer breakfast. He's been giving them an absolute pasting, and rightfully so. Because we knocked them over for for about twenty mm. yesterday, hence the reason you and I are sitting here. Well, I was I was barracking for a very competitive win for Australia because if right. it had gone to day five, then I wouldn't have had to come in today to share <laughs> some quality time with you. Not that I don't nah, want to spend some time. And that's time what with I'm you, dealing with. Uh, and absolutely, I think mm. an absolutely engaged operator, a gaze. Not, uh, <laughs> not he hasn't mailed it in. He's got one day to go, and he's bringing oh, absolute venom. For the no, final day. Uh, Roy's in Templestowe before we get to the first break. Uh, Rock and Roy, you want to talk crowds? G'day, JJ. G'day, g'day, Gacy. How are we, guys? Good, thanks, Roy. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, unbelievable. Don't be a stranger, uh, Roy's. But uh, <laughs> is, are you calling with a little pox and rocks or is it just about the crowds? No, just about the crowds. Nice. I was watching the wrestling, on the, uh, rest, uh, wrestling in America last night. Yes, and I couldn't see a spare seat in the seat at their midweek at mid midweek events, mm-hmm. but we can't even get seven thousand or eight thousand at a like a GWS North Melbourne game. You get what I'm saying? Like it's yes. I know, the, I know there's a different pop, there's a way different population over there, but uh, I, I just wanted to get your opinion. What? Oh, what's I don't reckon, Roy. It's a fair comparison because these uh, wrestling things are one-off marquee banner events. Yep. And, and because marketed. of that, highly marketed in a city with a big, big build-up, and they're one-offs. When it's a weekly competition, there are different variables that come into play. But I think it's a good point. And, and the other point is, is too, is that um, the accessibility to the AFL on television mm. or online 
uh, as opposed to those events that uh, you're talking about. It, it, to me, maybe not the exact analogy. It'd be like saying, well, hang hang on, how can we get 70,000 to go see Billy Joel mm-hmm. and we can only get 7,000 to see GWS play North Melbourne? It's not. I don't think it's a fair comparison. It's not at all. You now, I don't know and, whether that's a good analogy or not. Well, you've got 11 opportunities to go and see North Melbourne mm. play in Melbourne. You've got one opportunity every... Killer Kowalski and the boys to get together. Is it decade. Killer Kowalski? Does he still roll around? Now, A-Rod is the oh. king. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. But, uh, you know, Roy. Killer Kowalski, is a, he's not a wrestler? Oh. Talk about it during the break. Uh, Roy. Sounds like Because it. you're a long-time first-time, you've won a Signet Boost Power Bank valued at $59.95. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your mm. phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. We're going to get to a break hours uh, a day. day, Mr. Gaze, because we've got heaps on the show. Heaps on the show. So uh, Josh Majet's going to join us after four. Lucy Zelich is going to talk to us about the A-League Grand Final situation, and we're also going to speak to Chad Sayers. So absolutely heaps Pox and on the rocks show. Too. Pox and rocks, and don't forget the 40 Winks temper text. Make sure you send one in. What's the number? Uh, one three hundred seven three six. Oh no no oh four double three ninety eight. Speak. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen is the temper text machine. Wonderful, wonderful beds. The forty winks temper text Unbelievable. machine. Unbelievable. I told you he hasn't mowed it in. He's still here and he's ready Come to on. rock and roll. Uh, quick break. We'll be back next. Welcome back. Uh, Josh Jenkins in the chair for Andy Ma, who's playing a whole heap of golf. Hey, uh, today he is. Where are you going? Well, I'm going off script here a little bit, but one yeah. thing that uh, we've missed a lead item in our uh, little preamble in, yes. in the uh, Scott Pendlebury yes. has just announced that he will no longer be the captain. Over 200 games of the captain, longest serving, I think, Collingwood captain. Is that correct, Ever. Joshua? And uh, just an incredible player over many, many years. And he's still got a lot of footy left, I would think. No um, doubt about it. Had a very good year. In fact, I, I wasn't sure why he – well, he – we'll hear from him a little bit later on, but – Someone else's – Someone else's turn. Well, I wasn't sure why he wanted to hand over the reins. Maybe for just felt that the time was uh, to get to um, yep. be some sort of transition. But you reckon it would have been his choice, or would the cocker have just said, "Listen, uh, uh, Scotty, uh, yeah, you've been an incredible servant." But no, it's no. Time I think to they would have engaged in uh, in 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 conversation between both of them. Mm-hmm. I think he's earned that right to to have that conversation. Joel Salwood captained all the way to the to his last game. So. Correct. That would lead you to think Scott could uh, could do the same. I don't. I don't. Well, I tell you what. I, mm. I think if you had to ask them three years ago who their next captain would mm. be, I reckon he currently plays for Melbourne. He's now a Melbourne player, Brody Grundy. Is that right? Well, that's who I think would have been anointed their next captain uh, after Penelope. But really, it's going to be hard, right. for that to be the case now. No, a very difficult set of circumstances <laughs> that uh, that would be um, an incredible turnaround. So it's an interesting one, and Pies fans know better than us. So send us a 40 Winks uh, temper text mm. and let us know who you think will be the next captain of Collingwood, 0433 98 11 16. Mm. Or better yet, mm. better yet, give us a call. Oh, yeah, nice. 1300 736 736. Who will be the next captain of the Collingwood Football Club? Mm. Have you got one for us straight off the top? Uh, no, I do not. I, I would not know. And I, and I think if you... You don't even want to have a guess. <laughs> well, uh, you can, I'd be just plucking names out. What, what do you think? What No. But I, I honestly think if you are not in the inner sanctum, mm. then and you're just judging it on... Yes, what, yes. Um, you're speaking a lot of sense, but... What uh, people from the exterior would say, mm. then I think um, 
you know, you you you, you could make. I don't think it's going to be an accurate assessment. But I guess if you, you know, if I pluck a name out, Darcy Moore, would he be? Would he be? I think so. He's in the leadership group, or he was. Was he? There uh, you go. There's someone as Jack I watch Crisp. them. Very nice. Oh, seems a lot. Very nice. Top. Very nice. Never misses. Your best ability, Andrew, is your availability, and he's always available. How I saw read. I read Jeremy Howe was one that um, was in the mm, leadership. In, yeah, well, it was on, on the reports as a potential Braden one. Braden Maynard. Very nice, inspirational. Spirited operator. But here, here Taylor we go. Taylor Adams. We just, yeah, very nice, all those. But like I said, you could reel off names left, right and centre based mm. on what we saw last season. But unless you're in that inner sanctum, very, very difficult. And unless you understand what the role is, uh, would coaches have a different – like each coach would have a different criteria. Generally, of what the players captain... vote on the captains these days. Mm. I don't know a club that that doesn't happen. Right. The uh, the players vote on the leadership group and the captain. Right. So, interesting. I think they're spoiled for choice, but it's all, like it will be for whoever captains the Cats. Mm. It will be a tough act to follow because uh, the longest tenured captain. Braden Maynard by the length of the straight. Well, there you go. According the, uh, to Justin. The te- let us know. Let not us not just know. the straight, the Flemington straight, in well, fact, he said. that's an extra long one. Mm. Let us know who's going to be the next captain. Of the magazine. Darcy Moore, hands down, says 243. <laughs> I'm not certain that'll be the case, uh, Gazy, oh. but uh, we've got plenty of people who want to talk Pox Rocks and mm-hmm. talk some Collingwood captaincy. Uh, David is in murder. He wants to uh, give us a Pox and a Rocks. David, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, Lurch. Good afternoon, Gazy. Uh, look, <laughs> I just had a. Uh, I just had a bit of a, uh, a rocks and a pox, and um, I think uh, just not the weekend gone, we had a bit of a pox with uh, Josh Jenkins uh, tipping on the trots. Oh, no. The week before, it, was a com- it was a complete rocks. It just went 360. He got them all last week and none this week. What's going on there, Josh? Oh, that's the, that's the beast we're dealing with, isn't it, Gazy? One the week, harness racing is a well, little harder too, isn't it? All tipping. Uh, no, matter. but isn't harness racing even a little bit more um, variable? Yeah. Yeah, nah. No? Uh, yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay, thanks, David. Much so appreciated. You, you did well last week. but Yeah, you... complete nutter, fill the boots type job last week, and then right. uh, no good this week. But that's the nature of the hey, beast. Dave, if it were easy, mm. everyone would do it. Chin up, Dave. It's um, You've you, you got to take the good with the bad exactly sometimes. Exactly right. you got to take Gamble the good with the bad. responsibly, of course. Uh, very responsibly. Uh, John's on the road. He wants to talk about... The Magpies' next captain. Good afternoon, John. Yeah, good afternoon, guys. How are you? Good, well, thanks. thanks. Good. Look, just first of all, in relation to Brady Grundy, a couple of years ago, he actually announced that he had no leadership aspirations anyway. So right. he wanted to. He was part of the letter team, but he didn't want the mm. captaincy. And I would have thought a year or two ago that Taylor Adams would have been next in line. Yes. But most of the Collingwood players have come out and said that it will be Darcy Moore. So it's no secret that it's it's going to be Darcy Moore. Well, isn't that funny? Off the top of my head, when you asked me and I was struggling, I was just going through the names in my head. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. And I, it, it, it sprung to me as well. And off the temper text machine, Darcy Moore is coming in very, very strong. Mm, thick uh, and fast. Very thick and fast. Oh, that's right. You can see it as well. I'm usually dealing here, and I've got to relate. He doesn't like to look he doesn't, at it. Uh, he doesn't engage in the uh, temper text machine. So, but it is um, a very popular choice. Uh, is Darcy Moore? Mm, good player. Mm. Uh, 
not a. Is there another AFL captain who plays in the back line on the last line? Well, it, when you say last line, back oh, line these days. Deep in defence. Oh, well, he push up a little, you know. Not right. It's not like it's the old days. He's not like but Kelvin Moore still... in the full back type. Well, is there? But is there another? Is there another uh, key defender who's a, who's the captain? Shannon Good question. Hearn was, but he's mm. a more of a you know your half backer. Do you need sort of the midfielder more oh, I don't think around def- the field type to be the captain? Do you think? Oh, I think some of our great captains have been the big hulking uh, tall forwards, haven't they? Is it? Is there an argument to suggest that perhaps the the captaincy is it's an important role, but is it a little overstated sometimes? If you've got a leadership, uh, not if you've group, got a really good one, right? I think the leadership group is a little overstated. Oh, the group in itself, okay. I, I I I I rate it, and mm. I think it's good, but I think it can be overstated. Mm. But if you've got a good captain, yeah, that's not nice. Mm. You need to have a good one. Mm. Uh, was that John on the road? Yeah, we got to go to Al. Al, Al wants to have a chat. Mm. Want to talk hey, Pendles? Guys, uh, yes, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Of course. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know about this decision. Um, I think it's the wrong time. I, I really do. Um, mm. I mean, uh, can we really rely on um, some people's bodies like Darcy Moore, yes. Adams? Um, I mean, Jack Crisp, he's, he's always playing. Um, but he doesn't have the presence of a Darcy Moore, potentially. Bruzzy, I don't know if he's ready. Uh, Braden Maynard. I don't know. This, this, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not usually quite positive about things lately out of the club, but I don't know. I think this is the wrong time. When, when you've got Pendles there, why would you want anyone else? Yeah. Um, that was my point, uh, Al. So Darcy Moore's played. Maybe he doesn't want it, though. If he doesn't want it, then it's end of debate. If you've got someone that says... Listen, I've, I've done my time. I'm, I just want to focus on my own footy. Well, I think we might. Have we got some? I think we've got some Scotty Penelbury audio, have we not? Because he might answer the question for us. We'll get to that uh, in a moment because that so is Tom a Tom key... Jonas is the one that people have come yes. in and saying Phil Davis was. Yes. So, there, so there's, there's a few. Dill Grimes, co captain, though. Mm. Nan Curvis in the ruck is. James Sicily. Hello. Not, How did we... He's not the captain. He's not the captain, no, is he? No, no, but he was a very influential. Are you a Hawks fan or oh, not? Because yeah. every time Hawthorne gets mentioned, you look through the glass. Well, for... sometimes I just lack confidence. Jonas is a backman captain. Now, we've got that message. Uh, it's coming through <laughs> thick and fast. On the 40 wings mm. temper. <laughs> thick right. and fast. So uh, you can still send it through, but we are aware that Tom Jonas is uh, is a, is a uh, fullback who's a captain. So Darcy Moore's only... To, to, to my eye here. So he's played nine games, 17, 21, then 7, 17, 18, 13, and then up to 24. So only once, maybe twice, has he really played every or close to every game. So uh, that's a relevant point about his body being a bit of a concern. Uh, let's go and have a listen to what Scotty Pendlebury had to say, the man with the basketball background, and just in terms of uh, handing over the captaincy? Um, no, I spoke to Fly Righty probably 12 months ago about the captaincy. Um, yeah, we thought it was a good decision last year to keep it. There was a lot of change at the football club, wanted to keep it. Um, feel like we had a, a pretty good year, a good ride, but then at the end of the season I spoke to him as well and I think it's a really good time for me and the club to hand over and let someone else come through um, while I'm still here to keep supporting that. I think the group's in a great place for the next guy to come through. So. Um, yeah, just want to let you guys know before it goes out in the media. Um, I sort of don't like if it goes out and no one hears about it. 
I'd spoke to a few boys that I'm pretty close with about the decision. Um, yeah, it sits really comfortable with me and just thanks. It's, a, it's been an unreal honour to be captain of this football club and the guy who gets to do it next, I know you guys, um, you'll have my full backing um, and you'll love doing it. But yeah, for, for me, my time's up and I'll be here to support the next guy. So um, yeah, nice and short, but um, just wanted to let you guys know. Well done, Scotty. Scott. The man with the basketball background. There you go. Uh, is that right? Mm, that's what they say. Well, did you see the video of him playing down at Hoop City the other day? Yeah. Well, he was at the Melbourne United game uh, a little while ago, Still too, st- right next to Dean Vickerman. Like, really? right there in vision the whole game. So I You're think, not suggesting anything? No, I'm just suggesting that maybe he's just like a lot of the uh, athletes do these days. They'll go and observe others, see how mm. they get it done, continue to evolve and develop their own. He can still put the ball in the bucket is what I saw on social media. Oh, uh, now, I didn't see a lot of him as a junior, but um, apparently he – and any time you get an, 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 or you accept an invitation to go and play at the Australian Institute of Sport, mm. you know he had some very, very good skills. Some ability. You know the best one? And – I didn't see Scott, so I didn't know a lot about it. But I did see Jack Watts when he was running around mm-hmm. throughout the juniors. Played with Sandringham, I think it was, and coached Sabres. against him uh, a lot. Here's one that I thought had genuine elite Ooh. basketball. Ooh. Like, here's a guy that had a good basketball IQ, nice technique, and, you know, obviously when he got to that stage, he, he chose football. But he was one that, that got away. Mm. Mm. Got away from basketball. I guess what, after the break... Uh, now, you hijacked – I was going to go with this about six minutes ago, but mm. uh, you took Actually, us who in, is going to be Hawthorne's next you captain next year? You know different, Ask A-Rod in the ad break. Because Big Ben is – Ta-da. Ta-da. On the farm. Now, now in – and this is actually kind of my de- – and the reason I did it, mm. because uh, 447 has mm. uh, actually come to my defence and said, well, in fact, Sicily did captain a lot of games. That's why right. I had him – Acting. Seeing – yes. I didn't know there was the interim tag. Interim uh, – Captain, just mm. like I'm the interim host, that doesn't mean you're the host. I'm not. You're just not interim. Interim. Well, who, well, not for the next uh, couple of months. Couple of hours. Uh, we've got to get to hey, a you're, break. You're in this chair the whole uh, summer break period, aren't you? Uh, no, well, uh, we've got some five day cricket to play. So we'll no, have but a few when days the cricket's off. not on, mm. yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, just oh. in negotiations at the moment. Uh, after oh. the break, I I've got the worst trade in world sporting history mm. for you. And uh, I want to see whether you or any of our listeners can beat it. So there's a little tease. Sizzle. <laughs> oh, here we go. I was just happy to let you go there. No, um, don't do now, that. Now, do you know what I, do you know what I uh, said before the break? Now, I'm g- about to present to you and mm. our loyal legion of listeners mm. the worst trade in professional sporting history. History. Well, you've gone to, I think, I know what you're going to say. So you, you're going a, a bit early, but get through it. Let's talk about your, what you believe it is. But So this is an mm. uh, NFL, National Football League trade. Mm. It involves Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. So Denver uh, traded for Russell oh. Wilson right. and the round four pick for this year. Yep. A round four pick is about a pick, pick 120. So largely. That's not bad in the NFL. It's okay, but it's, yeah. it's. At best, 50-50. It'd be worse than. What they gave up oh, What they gave up for Russell Wilson, mm. sent to Seattle, was the 2022 round one pick, which is currently pick two. Uh, their round two pick for this year. Next year's round one pick and next year's round two pick, plus three players. Yep. Now, to quote uh, the great Andrew Gaze, yep. my glory <laughs> filled, filled days. days. Because not only did they make that trade mm. – 
Today, the Denver Broncos with uh, said Russell Wilson mm. are eliminated, officially mm. yeah. eliminated from the playoffs. But mm. before that, mm. they committed and they extended Russell Wilson, who looks a little wider than he is tall these mm. days. Mm. They gave him $242 million but that, but, guaranteed, which contracts him mm. through age 40. But, Josh, they would have done that. They they would have had that communication before they made the trade. Yes, of they course. They would have known that that was coming. That was a part of the deal. Correct. Now, can I just give you the absolute, uh, just to emphasize the point, mm. the uh, the fact <laughs> that they are eliminated from the playoffs is fantastic, yep. right? Yep. Because the the silver lining is up. We've, we get a high draft pick. No. They are in control of pick two, which they will be sending to the Seattle Seahawks yes. to use on their behalf. Yes. So they are eliminated from the playoffs. They have a quarterback who is aging and expensive, and they don't have any draft picks. Mm. No, I know. Well, that's, that's that is a and that's what the difficult situation. To and find the Lakers are in. in a similar situation because of the Anthony Davis trade. But mm. in in that they got a chip out of they it. They got a championship out of it. So they're 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 going through some pain now for it. They might be able to come up with uh, other options. But check these out. This is um, one. We've got from some. Have we off the Paul, temper? Paul from South Melbourne, worst trade, Essendon and St Kilda. Andrew Lovett, pick 16, never played a game, cost St Kilda the 2010 flag. Now, that's a bit of a stretch. With one less spot, no pick 16, salary cap usage, distraction. Mm. That's Paul. Worst trade ever in, and this is from Jeff. Jefferson says, uh, worst ever trade in the AFL for Hawthorne was trading in a vickery for a five-year-old egg sandwich. Hawks <laughs> dropped the book. Now, that's not very nice, Jeff, Oh, you didn't have to read it out. Well, I'm just reading it as I go here. What about this one? I don't know if I can read this. Is this – was this oh, – am I allowed to read this one out from Hunter? Hunter in brackets, kid, worst well, trade in sporting history? You're an adult, so you make the decision. Well, it's to do with uh, some internal uh, – Oh. Is that uh, we, we might leave that one alone? Yeah, no, I think we'll leave that one alone. Mm. Well, I think we'll leave that one alone. Uh, we're mm. here for robot building supplies. Robots got it, and Berwick BMW. Have we been? Hey. What's mm. going on with Berwick? Yeah, Berwick's main man's not here. We couldn't slide in and sort of cut the grass there, could we? I don't think so. I think he's pretty locked in. He's got his car, and it's a very nice vehicle. Well, Berwick BMW, they've got pre-owned vehicles ready for immediate delivery. This is a tradies hour for Ace Gutters Australian made built to last. You're going to get the one. In wino? fact, the. Uh, uh, Trades hour's almost done. Let's go to Wayno quickly. Wayno, uh, you've been waiting there patiently uh, in Altona for 15 seconds. So, uh, good afternoon. Yeah, good day, boys. So, I've got a massive pox yep. followed by a massive rocks. Good. The massive pox is those morons at uh, Adelaide Oval having to go at Candice, Bergen, uh, Candice Warner. Right. And then the massive rocks is her having to go back at the idiots. Right. Oh, right. Right. Uh, Gaz, are you familiar with what occurred? I uh, didn't see. Oh, I I'm familiar the with cricket. the angst. That, that, and with Candace, it just goes beyond what's going on at the ground. And that's mm. why I think she's responded. She's had to deal with some absolute vitriolic stupidity and rubbish mm. uh, over the journey. Um, and I think that it, it just all got the better of it. And I think you can sort of understand why she might have responded. Uh, I didn't see specifically, Wayno, what took place with the morons, as you uh, called them, having a crack at her. But that's... Yeah, that's a, a, a little, little bit of uh, over the fence stuff, a little yeah. bit of uh, heckling, I guess. And Candace decided enough was enough. Mm. I didn't see it or I haven't read about it, but I can only presume that's what what happened. 
Worst you, don't, you, don't no, you don't knock someone. You can't knock someone for finally saying, well, you know what? I've been mm. copying it all day. I'm going to give a bit back. You can't knock her for that. Well, particularly in the context of her yes, circumstances. Of course. Hey, we spoke, we we're talking about the worst trades ever uh, before we got on the air today. And from a basketball standpoint, there are many, many. littered, littered with some horrifically bad trades. But um, when you think, now this is one you only know in hindsight. In hindsight, horrifically bad. When Charlotte traded uh, for Kobe Bryant, they traded uh, Kobe. They, they they picked Kobe Bryant in yes, the, draft. the draft. Now this he was one of those last ones that came straight out of high school, yep. and they traded him straight off for uh, Vlade Divac. Now, uh, I guess was a good player, good center, good big he man, was could pass the rock, outstanding, won a couple of titles, yes, and really was robbed a little bit that year at the Sacramento mm. Kings, yes. two thousand whenever. But um, but the great Kobe Bryant yes. went on to be. Arguably in the top five all-time greatest players in the history not of the sure NBA. Not sure about that, but uh, I get you. I not sure. No, he's definitely not in the top five players of all time. Not not in the top five. Kobe Bryant. Top ten. Top twelve. Top twelve. I'll write them down for you. Uh, what about Babe Ruth? What did Babe he get Ruth, trade for? The greatest baseball yes. player of all time mm-hmm. was traded. Yeah. Was traded for a four hundred thousand dollar loan oh. so that oh. they could finance the musical. No, no, Nanette, yeah. the greatest baseball player that the game's ever seen. Well, that is, in hindsight, a horrific decision oh. that they uh, ultimately made. Back then, though, there wasn't the same level of uh, funding that was available, and sometimes they had some more pressing issues that they had to deal with. Difficult decisions. All right, we're going to mm. make a difficult decision, and we've got to go to an ad break. Despite all the fun we're having, uh, just a quick one, and we'll be back with more of this unbelievably good it's stuff. Going along nicely. No, uh, Gazy and Josh Jenkins today on this fine Monday. Afternoon. Uh, breaking news from the Gold Coast Suns Football Club. Mm-hmm. Matt Rowell, well, they've tweeted Christmas wish list. Matt Rowell contract extension, tick. How long for? Uh, it is for two more seasons, recommitting until the end of 2025. Great news. That is great news because you always worry about... Some of those players that yes. uh, they come home factor and uh, the offers just... that he would have had from Melbourne, correct clubs, not Melbourne, the football club, maybe, but generally, mm. no, of course. So the city, I think when you see a quality player like Matt Rowell, who boy, has it been a player that's burst onto the scene, burst like more in the first four games had like twelve Brownlow votes or mm. something rubbish like been that. Been a bit banged incredible. up since it, it has. He has been a, a bit banged. That up. is a rocks for the Gold Coast. That is a huge no. rocks. Can you give us a pox? I've got a as quickly pox. as the music will allow you. Well, it's, this is also a pox that's come off from Dean. We've got time here, but the uh, I think we might have to wait because it's going to take a little bit of time for oh, me to get through all little this. Teaser. Pox. A little. I've got some poxes here that we need to get through. Well, guess what? You haven't got time after the uh, break because we've got a guest, Jack oh. Josh Majet. Ah, huh. uh, welcome back. Just after four o'clock, we're going to speak to Tasmanian Jack Jumpers point guard. Josh Majette in a moment. And what about the performance from his Jack Jumpers yesterday, knocking off the Sydney Kings, if you don't mind. We're just knocked off. Speaking of knocked off, the trade is out for Ace Gutters Australian made it built to last. And we're here for Robot Building Supplies. Robot's got it. And Berwick BMW pre-owned vehicles ready for immediate delivery. Uh, Gazy, before we get to Josh Majette, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where do you sit on this last, Josh? Uh, where do you sit on the whole... Uh, playing out the clock, you know, not not classy winning. We're seeing yep. a little bit of a few fracas and yes. comments around 
Uh, you know, if you're up by eight and the game's decided, just dribbling out the ball and not scoring on your opponents and upsetting your yeah. opponents, where do you... Well, the Jack Jumpers, they were involved uh, not yes. uh, against the Brisbane Bullets where Jack McVeigh knocked down a three. To me, it's it's there's always got to be context of it. Certainly in the American system, it's seen as untowards and you, you shouldn't do it and it's a sign of disrespect and, and I get it. But if you're in most parts of the world, whether it's Europe or even here in Australia, where percentages, and when you look at the ladder this year, percentages either either to get into the top two or the top four or the top six, it's going to uh, have a significant bearing, I think, because the competition's so evenly balanced. So I can understand those that come from different cultures would look at this and go, hang on a second, what's going on here? You're trying to rub our noses Mm -hmm. and being disrespectful. But uh, I think you've got to acclimatise to the context in here in Australia. It's too important. The last thing you want to do is miss out. Like we've seen, it's not some, this is not some hypothetical. Yes. We have seen previously have. where teams have missed out by a point or two. Uh, so it's vital you play out the game. And let's be honest, we saw it with Zion Williamson the other day yes. with, with, the, um, with the windmill dunk that he did at the end of the, the game. And it was a moment for the fans. We're in the business of entertainment. And it's quite often, if you if you're going to take the uh, the um, the attitude of down tools, some of these teams can down tools with two or three minutes to go because the game's all Over. done and dusted. So at what point? Just because it's the last forty or fifty seconds, mm. uh, certainly play here in Australia, you, you play it out. But um, it's different in the states. Yeah, so it I is. get it. I tell you, uh, a game that looked oh, over. I tell you, it happened to me. Yeah, when oh, I was hello. at Seton Hall, oh. and I learned the hard way. We're playing a game at home, and it, oh, there's like 20 seconds to go and mm-hmm. I'm knocked down a three ball. My glory filled days. We went back in there and before we get, there, there was uh, all my teammates are going, hey, Gazy, just get ready. You are going to cop one of the biggest sprays from PJ. We got back in the locker room. He tore me a new one on the basis. Really? Of, but at that stage, I'd come from Australia yeah. where you play all 48 or all 40. And uh, I learned very quickly that you do not do that in the United States. Well, I'll tell you a game yesterday between the Sydney Kings and Tasmanian Jack Jumpers that looked over, and Mm. then the Jack Jumpers said, no, 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 we just don't lie down. We do not lie down. They went on to win the the fourth quarter 26-6 to and win the game 84-76. And and you know what? The Six actually – they actually gave them a a little gimme with like 26. So it was really four. And a man who was uh, central to that, he's been central to everything the Jack Jumpers have done in their short time in the NBL is uh, import guard Josh Majette, and he's been kind enough to join us. Josh, uh, welcome to the show, and what a performance that was from your guys yesterday in Sydney. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, yeah, it was a great uh, culture for our team, you know. A lot of guys or a lot of teams and maybe us in the past would have, you know, kind of hung our heads down 14 in the fourth quarter. But uh, I think it just speaks to the character of our group and and our confidence level never wavering. And um, it was just a great win for us and something that can really be a springboard for us going forward, I think. Hey, uh, Josh, what was said at, by, at uh, three-quarter time? Because normally you're doing the maths and you're saying, well, hang on, we're, we're 12 down. We've got a uh, – what's a realistic score that we can keep them to? Maybe we can keep them to 16 or something like that. So that means we've got to get our 28. But um, to hold them to, to, to effectively four, now ultimately it was six, what was the strategy going into that last quarter? Yeah, we talked a little bit about, you know, just being a little bit more aggressive defensively. And um, we kind of thought if we got away from our identity there in the third quarter of – 
them being the aggressor and them being a little bit more on the front foot. And we just talked about maybe being a little bit more aggressive and, um, you know, going down without a, with a fight, you know, we're going to keep throwing punches for 40 minutes. And that's kind of been our DNA our the whole mm. time. The Jack jumpers have been in existence whereas we're going to go down swing. And if we're going to go down and, um, you know, I thought our defense turned up a level. They missed yeah. a couple easy ones and, you know, it got to that six point margin and we felt like we were in a uh, really unwinnable game. Josh, we've loved what you guys have been able to do in such a short time, obviously making the grand final last year. As an import, I guess you know we can sometimes think uh, a bit of a gun-for-hire mentality, but you've been there since day one. You've seen it all the way through. You're uh, you know, the equal longest-tenured player, if you want to think of it like that. Do you see yourself a bit more of a, of a fabric-type guy with, with the franchise, even though you are an, import, uh, you know, an imported player? Um, yeah, you know, you kind of have to drop your ego, you know, when it comes to that, you know, you can't all they ever wants to talk about, you know, import versus import and what kind of stats they're putting up. But, uh, the only thing that matters for any of our imports, any of our domestic guys is just wins and losses. That's all we, all we talk about. And, um, I think it's a strength of our team is, um, it's a different guy every night. Obviously, you know, milton has been carrying us the last few games, but we've had guys step up over the course of the season that, you know, you can't just key in on, on one guy. And it's it's a real strength of ours, and it's something that's going to be beneficial for us going forward. Obviously, you know, you get a little more pressure as an import, maybe, um, and a little more uh, game plan from the other team, but uh, it can't turn into like a, a one-on-one thing or a three-on-three thing. It's a, a whole team game for us. And talk to us a little bit about uh, Milton, because uh, I know he's from the Chicago area, and he's had a, he's got a mate here in Victoria that um, before the season even started, he was coming in and telling his mate that I, I want to be the MVP of the league. Now, they are very lofty goals to have, and they're fantastic goals to have, but after mm. the first few games, oh, I'll be honest, I thought, gee, this is a high-quality player, but uh, might be a little ambitious with his MVP-type <laughs> prediction. But uh, over, over the last six or seven games... He is MVP type uh, in that conversation. He's been that good. Uh, just talk to us a little about his game and, and uh, how you see he's fitting in. No, he's been lights out. And, you know, he, he's a true pro. He comes to practice every day ready to do the work and get better. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, the first, you know, seven or eight games for us, uh, obviously our team wasn't playing at the level to start the season, but um, it's not an easy league to adjust to. There's, you know, as you guys have seen the imports come in here and there's different adjustment mm. periods, but clearly he's, he's found his, uh, his rhythm and his role and uh, he's been great for us. And, you know, hopefully we can just uh, keep on riding him cause he's been lights out and um, he's somebody we have a lot of confidence with when the ball is in his hand in the fourth quarter. And uh, he's been a good closer for us. And we know and, uh, and heard and read a lot about Scott Roth and the impact that he's made and the, the culture that he's building, but just talk to me a little bit strategically. When I watch you guys play, seems like you've got a whole bunch of sets that you can get through and, and identify your talents at, at various stages and, and how in which you're going to get the ball to people, but th- that takes buy-in. How does he get the buy-in when you watch the games, a lot of the games these days, and it's all about uh, action with the ball, but you guys seem to do a, a whole lot off the ball as well. Has it been... What's his method to get you guys to buy in? Yeah, no, Scott's been unbelievable. Uh, I think, you know, it starts for our team, like just with the guys that we have. Um, we've got, you know, no ego, high character guys who, who just want to win. And it's not about, I got to go out there and get my 15 points tonight. or I got to go out there and get my 10 rebounds. It's guys who are going to buy in and we have 
great practices. Guys are locked in during practices, and you can see, you know, I think last year us continuing to improve throughout the season. I think it's the same case this year is that we're able to continue to improve, and um, Scott does a great job of leading our practices and keeping us consistent, and our, our whole coaching staff does a good job of giving us a good game plan going into each game, and it's something that is a real strength for us. Josh, how do you – I'm interested to know you're averaging 11 points and – and, and for assists, how do you determine and decide watching you play? You know, some nights it looks like you're more aggressive and looking for your own shot. Other nights you're, you're trying to facilitate and get everyone else involved. What is it? Do you, does the game dictate that for you? Do you go into certain games more aggressive and looking for your own shot? How does that work for you? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, just kind of feel for the game and how the game is going. You know, and on nights when Milt's got it going like he does in the fourth quarter, you just kind of you know, go stand in the corner for a bit and, and let the offense run through him. And he's been great for us. So um, it's just kind of a read and however the team's going, you know, I kind of try and fill in the empty space and give us whatever we need. And, um, you know, I think we're finding a good balance with our, our offense this year compared to, to where we were at at this point last year. It's just like night and day. And um, I just, we have a lot of confidence on that end and our rhythm is, is in a good place. And I'm just uh, really excited for the rest of the season for us. Now you play the role magnificently, and uh, that pesky defense you play as well—it's uh, it's a delight to watch. That's a compliment. Hey, oh, I absolutely, it is. Uh, uh, and I think he would realise that that's how he survived. That's how why he's a pro. Absolutely. You've got to be pesky out there, and you do it well. Hey, uh, we—I don't know if you heard our conversation uh, prior to you coming on air in regards to the cultural differences around the world in relation to how you finish out the game. And you had a game a couple of weeks ago where I think uh, uh, McVeigh knocked down the three ball when the game was, right. was for all intents and purposes, it was over. And it got a bit of a, a reaction from the imports on the other team because they may not be aware of that culture. Uh, what's yeah. your take on, on finishing the games and whether you should dribble it out or whether you're entitled to play it out? Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we almost missed out on the finals last year because of uh, percentage points. So, you know, it's a conversation our team has had from day one about, you know, no matter if we're up 20 or down 20, we're going to play until the horn sounds. And uh, every possession counts. And, um, you know, for guys that haven't been in the situation, I, I can see where they'd be a little bit confused and think it might rub you the wrong way. But, uh, you know, Tyler was very apologetic and, completely understood where we're coming from after the game when we had a chance to talk with them. Um, it's, just, it's just one of those things that, you know, every single point counts, and I think you'll hit the nail on the head with that one. Mm. Get a couple of uh, big games this weekend. The NBL schedule's uh, a brutal one. It's not quite NBA-esque, but it's not far off. You've got two games uh, in a short amount of time. So you've got Cairns uh, on Saturday mm -hmm. uh, down in Tassie. Now, Cairns have been probably the revelation of the season, so you'll have your work cut out for you there, and then you won't be able to rest on your laurels or even celebrate uh, a win, if that may be the case, because you've got to back up again on Monday in Adelaide. So it's a really strong uh, schedule, isn't it? You, you, you never really get an opportunity to, to put your feet up and, and, and just uh, smell the roses. No, I mean, there's no easy games in this league. There's no one you can, like, look ahead and say, oh, okay, yeah, we got them coming up. We just got to show up and we'll get a win that night. I mean, we we have been on the other end of that special where teams were probably looking forward to playing us early in the season last year because they knew they could take it to us. Uh, yeah, no, the, the league is so tough, and every single night is um, you have to go out there and earn it, and it's part of what I love about the NBL is 
I think for the most part, you know, the best team that the team that plays the best on that night is going to go out there and win. There's no um, teams where they just show up and win games. Mm. Indeed. Well, uh, Josh, you're currently fifth on the ladder, eight wins and six losses. So uh, a big weekend coming up for you, but uh, for the next 12 hours at least, enjoy what happened yesterday because it was a remarkable performance by you and your teammates. You continue to uh, knock the knockers and put them in their place and good luck for you and the boys for the rest of the season and uh, potentially another playoff appearance. Let's hope so. I appreciate you guys. Good man, Josh. That's... uh, Tasmanian Jack Jumpers point guard, Josh Majette. He's mm. the perfect guy for that squad, isn't he? He does. He's very symbolic the way he plays and his uh, uh, characteristics on the floor fits perfectly in with what they're trying to do. Not a that. numbers guy. He's not, you're not going to fill up the stat sheet, mm. but he's uh, he's going to be a part of but he can. wins. On any he given can. night, he can get cooking. He can. And that's why I was interested to ball. ask him. Mm. What, what's... Some nights he's stepping back mm. from the logo and other nights he's he's not mm. really even looking at the rim. But that's I guess that's a part of playing that position. And can be a little cheeky out there. A little cheeky. Got a little something and I to think say. they need that. They need that personality and he does it well. Got yeah. a little something something to say, does he? Oh, not so much there, just in the way, you know, he's a little buzzsaw bouncing around and just trying to be disruptive, which he has to do. We and like he does that. it well. We like that. Mm. Uh, so that was Josh Majette, point guard for the Tassie. Jack Jumpers, the team mm. with the best mm. name and in sports. Uh, it is. And, and good afternoon to our Tasmanian listeners. They, yes. uh, they're jumping on board. By the uh, here for you. tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands. Uh, we're going to get a breakaway because uh, on the other side, we've got heaps. Have you got oh. more rocks and pox Mate, I've got, got a plethora of them. All right. Let's, uh, let's get a break out of the road, some uh, commercial commitments. And then on the other side... Rocks and pox with A, Gaze. It certainly is. Well, it's Gazy. It's not Andy. He's out there. He'd be on about hole 60 by now, wouldn't he? Oh, it's a tough, tough day. Four <laughs> rounds of golf. It's uh, 72 holes for a wonderful cause. Did you see the jacket he had on? I did not. The I did not. navy blue jacket. Mm. The, oh, uh, no, no, because that's part there of his is. group. He's, no, no, it's his group that he's... Oh, none the of the others had, had Carlton jackets on, so mm. uh, make of that what you will. Let's, uh, of course, we love our callers. We love our talkback callers for Lawn Hub. Real lawn fanatics use Lawn Hub fertilizer. Oh, it's it. a beautiful time of year for lawn. Well, not normally. You're a bit late, but if you, because of the weather we've been having, it's a, one of the hardest things. You think you just throw a bit of grass seed down and away you well, go. It's not that nah, easy. it's not that simple. No. Uh, that's why you need to get involved with Lawn Hub. Uh, let's go to Mike in Geelong. I promise the A gays uh, rocks and pox, but our our, uh, our callers, yep. our beloved callers come first. So Mike's down there in a beautiful part of the world, Geelong. You've got a double rocks, Mikey. Yeah, g'day, boys. How are you both going? Very good. Thanks, Mike. That's good. Hey, my first rocks is... Um, one of our little favourites is Paddy Mills, just showing that he's yes. still got a little bit to give to the NBA. Yes. He was, um, he was on fire the other night. Love it. Well, well, just on that, just so our listeners know, he hadn't been playing. In fact, he'd had a few DMPs uh, of recently, and then they rested Kevin All Durant, Kyrie Irving, a whole bunch of them. So Paddy's come in, played 36 minutes. And he's got busy. 26 points, 10 of... 20 from the field, so he shot at a really, really nice clip. So it's an it's one of my it was one of my uh, uh, rocks as well. So well done to that, Mike, and uh, good call. You got another you one for us? Double up. I've just got one, and I don't know where you guys sit, but I find it as a rocks, and I love Zion the other Zion Williamson the other night. Yes, a, a nice big full stop on the Suns. I thought it was great to the big dunk at the end, and 
I don't care about playing it out. I thought it was great. Yeah, I agree. It was. We agree. We agree, Mike. And Over uh, there, they don't agree, though. No, they don't. Uh, we agree. Joshua. We agree so much, Mike, that we've uh, we're going to give you the fifty dollars Groove Train voucher. Get your groove on oh, at the Groove. It's a lovely train. cafe. So stay on the line, and uh, our uh, people behind the scenes. Is that in will, South Melbourne, the Groove Train. Look after you. Don't ask questions, you know the answer Oh, to. it's a very uh, nice cafe. Let's go to uh, Greg in Moolbar. He wants to give us a rocks and pucks as well. Greg, uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, Gazy, especially you, mate. You'd appreciate this, bud. Yes. Indiana Pacers v Brooklyn Nets the other day. The Nets started with none of their regular starting five. Yes. Scored, 100, uh, scored 136 yep. and knocked over the Pacers, mate. Now, is that huge or is it just me? No, that is uh, great. And, and it's one that I think the NBA would be, uh, the NBA would be very concerned about because a lot of people, when you think of Ben Simmons coming in and, and uh, Kevin Durant, and now the argument is that, that they were legitimately injured, but that was a remarkable coincidence that every, all, every, each and every one of them were they weren't injured. like that. But I think your point you're making, Greg, is also the fact that these other guys have come on and they've been able to run up the score. 130, what, what are they? 133 or 136, uh, Greg. It, it was, to me, it says something a little bit about the game as well. That, that The scoring in the NBA is just, I'm all about the offensive mm. end, as you are. Uh, but can go a little OTT. Yes. It and can I think go, that's where we're getting close to. Is that is that the point you're sort of alluding to, Greg? Yeah, mate, it was absolutely huge because yeah. some of these blokes I've never even heard of. Yeah. Um, you'd, expect, you'd expect Durant getting his 30. You'd expect Irving getting at least 15 or 20. Uh, Simmons has got to be in the mix. Claxton yep. has got to be always good for 15 or 20. Um, and O'Neill, who knows what he's going to do. But mm. it just they just come out and they went, oh, okay, pop, 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 free, free flowing, open game. And then, uh, what, 260-odd points or something scored, 270 yep. or something. It was Crazy, mate. It was just... Yeah, no, it was. It was good. Yeah, no, it was. And uh, it's it's fun to watch. Uh, oh, I like the battles a little bit more intense, but you know what? When you see the ball going through the hoop and some of the shot making that goes on... Oh, we love it was, threes uh, and dunks. Yeah. We're happy yeah. to see a heap of those, we, but we don't want to see layup lines. We want to... No, of course. Have you got a pox for us as well, Greg, or just the rocks? Yeah, no, I've got, I do have a pox. Unfortunately, unfortunately, guys, I've got, I've got to say it. Yeah. I've got to say oh. it. Two tests over in record yep. time. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they're back on the plane. They they didn't want to be here. They didn't even look like they were interested. Um, they're going to be home for Christmas for their family. I think that's all they were. I, I don't even know. Did, did they at least score one or maybe two centuries in a couple of fifties? Mm. They just didn't want to be here. It was pretty ordinary. It was sad to watch because. I still remember the late seventies yep. and, and early eighties, and I remember the Windies. Mate, they had the strut, they had the straggler. Yeah. And so you, know, you look at them today, and you go, "Oh, geez, boy, this is a sorry sight." Well, yeah. Greg, is, really is sorry. Is it? Are we being a little bit um, not supporting our own as much? What could could you equate it to that we were just that good though? Because in the first test. Uh, there was a margin. I never felt like we were going to lose it, but it did have a little bit of a competitive mm. feel about it. Yeah. A more of a competitive feel. Well, more competitive than when we knocked them over for seventy nine. But uh, our p- bowling attack, the pace attack that we—it's a—it's an Im- just an embarrassment of riches when you look at what options that even weren't there. It is, and what they do, and uh, and and just on that because if we don't get it uh, a little bit later on, Scotty Boland is a, a rocks. In yes. the way in which that he's professional, isn't he? 
He's a pro's sort pro. Sort of not a, uh, out of it, but then when asked the question, comes on and delivers in spectacular. He's a pro. He's ready to rock and roll. Do you know, I was reading uh, an article, uh, 21 wickets at 10.33. Is that good? With 15 of those 21 coming in the second innings. He had that six for seven against England, and he had the uh, maiden three-wicket Unbelievable. Over. He just, to just a point where maybe they might need to be a little bit more elevated in the pecking mm. order. Well, we'll we're going to speak about that. It's I think, have we got the Jared Whiteley? Jared Whiteley was on this morning with uh, Julio, a yep. man who usually looks after you guys. Well, not uh, for the last couple of months. Decided but... to uh, go on to bigger and better things and just take he's over the behind the mic now. Yeah, take over sure. the uh, take over the morning show. Mm. But uh, he so Jared Whiteley appeared on the show that he's currently on holidays mm. from. Well, not on holidays. He's commentating the cricket. But he just spoke about the fact that potentially the pecking order in Australian cricket, uh, might have just shifted a little bit. Have a listen to what uh, the great G. Waitley had to say. Well, with what Scott Boland in particular has done in his limited chances at test level, is there a big question now for the selectors? I think there is, yes. As Cummins is the captain, Stark is still at the front of the attack, and then the third seamer I think is an open question. So Hazelwood's only played three of the last 12 test matches for Australia. What we've seen of Boland through four test matches suggests that he has disrupted the pecking order. And if you wanted to make the case that Nisa outbowled Boland across the test in Adelaide, I think you could make that. Uh, and then it's the subjective call as to which side of the fence you sit on. It's so interesting that so Nisa's home track is the Gabba and Boland's home track is the MCG. Mm-hmm. Do they do they play at home? Do they play courses for courses or do they choose one ahead of the other. I, I think that's it's a really interesting question. If Hazelwood is available for the MCD and it's a head-to-head race, him or Boland, I'm picking Boland. So that, that tells you that there's more tension around the pecking order than there has been in a long time. And keep in mind that Hazelwood's home ground is Sydney. So you've got three quicks, you've got their home grounds, they line up in these three tests. What do you do with that? Well, let us know. What do you think? Do you agree with Jared Whiteley that the uh, bowler's pecking order has been upended thanks to the great form of Scott Bowl and, and Michael Nisa? Do you believe that the pecking order has shifted? Mm. Uh, let us know. 0433 98 11 16 on the 40 Winks temper text. Gazy will handle all of those. Or give us a call. 1300 736 736. The talkback line for Lawn mm. Hub. Has the Australian bowling uh, lineup. Mm. The pecking order, has it been upended? Let us know. Let's get to the news. Hey, hey, oh. hey, just a quick traffic alert. A oh, massive yeah. accident on the ring road. Altona bound. 12 no. to 15 cars and trucks involved. No lanes getting through. Cactus, according to Pete. So I'm on my way just, out that uh, way. Well, go a different route. What, what, what type of route would you like me to uh, head to the Mornington the... Peninsula and get the ferry? Wow, that's extreme. Well, but... what's, well, have you got another option? Um, Back well, through, surely there's a different route you can take. Out the colder freeway through Melton to get to Geelong. Well, I don't know. I'd have let's, to get to let's, let's You get on Google, Google Maps and uh, we'll go to the news. How about right, that? Yeah, let's do that. But if you're on there, just rethink your route. They're, they're telling me to go via Gisborne to get home, hit the Macca's drive through on the way and you'll be right. Way you That's going to take me a couple. Well, it's going to take you a couple. You'd rather be on the move than yes. sitting in a, a traffic uh, Might take hold me a up. couple and a half. Well, 
I might just stay here. Mm. Oh, I'm not in Melbourne tomorrow, so. Mm. Josh Jenkins, how's 5-2-0? Josh Jenkins, best new talent for sports talkback radio. Jeepers. Mm. Best new talent. that number. Mm. Is that the missus? Cousin or an auntie? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, um, we're going to talk to uh, Lucy Zelich after our our next break Mm. because – there's a bit happening in the A-League world. There's plenty the happening world in the FIFA World Cup, of course. Croatia, what the are they drama. doing? I tell you, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, it's a sport that can be – I'm not a an absolute consumer, mm. but I'm swept up in the World Cup. And you can, you see the nonsense when they dive on the ground and they carry on. And, you, and it can be slow without goals. But is there a sport that can carry more drama? A penalty shootout, well, what we've when seen got, over the past mm. – Few games, mm. unbelievable level of drama. When you've got uh, nation versus nation, and you've got the global eyes on the event, it does invoke a lot of passion, and it's hard not to get swept up in it. You know, it's been fantastic, and even now, when you've got the the first time ever an African country has got the Moroccans, to the, the Moroccans have got through to the final four. It's it beats a little bit of excitement into it all. Unbelievable! You know, I'm, I'm watching it and I'm thinking, and gives us go hope. You little more KG Moroccan, I'm not that they're little, but a little in, in national yes, standing yes. population. population yep. But what about Croatia? What is the population of Croatia? They got to the final about last three million, time. isn't it? Something outrageous. And Andy Mar, I want to ask uh, Lucy about this. Andy Mar posted that, and he did it in relation to the Moroccans, in that this gives countries like Australia hope. But I would think even more so is a well, I guess because they're coming from Africa and don't have the the geography where mm. you're surrounded by just global powers like Croatia. But mm. even for a country like Croatia, that is just extraordinary that a small country like that. We see it in the basketball with Croatia. It's not that yes, like, they over a check. Well, they don't over with their they, tennis players. They take it to anyone and yeah. everyone. And uh, there are small cut like Lithuania is another one in the basketball. My God, they they just keep producing talent after talent, and do so well on the uh, international stage with such small populations. Unbelievable! It's, it's, uh, there's something going on there that there we need is. to tap in and figure out what it is, and try and see if we can't implement it here in Australia. Let's uh, four million people in Croatia. We're being told off the forty winks temper text. Right. Uh, let's get to a break because we want to chat to Lucy Zelich because there's heaps happening in the world game. There's heaps happening in the world game. Here in Australia, the and I've uh, I'm having multiple setbacks on the text line because they're telling me to go home anyway, but the way I normally go home. So mm. let me assess those. Uh, if go if, home via Adelaide, if it looks no good. That's a bit extreme. I might leave now and leave you to finish off the last. Oh, fitty, that would be radio. The last uh, fitty, but uh, let's get a mm. break out of the way because Lucy Zalich is uh, with us after this. Welcome back, uh, Josh Jenkins in the chair for uh, Andy Ma, who's on about. Whole 61 of well, we 72, uh, approximately. Don't ruin a good story. Mm. Andrew goes is here. He's last, he's into his last hour. Last for the day of the year. year. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. But it's, it's very heavy lifting I've had to do throughout the course of the year as well. Uh, heavy amount of Glen 20 that you've just put in my direction, too, which I'm not sure why because I haven't done anything. Uh, but uh, we've got like Australia's <laughs> preeminent football broadcaster yes. on the line. Lucy Zalich is with us to talk about uh, what's happening. Uh, domestically with the uh, A-League grand Mm. final being shifted or given or uh, handed to Sydney for the next few years, but also what's happening over there in Qatar with the FIFA World Cup. Lucy, thanks so much for giving us a few minutes of your time. 
Oh, lads, pleasure to be here. Always great to have a chat. Now, I haven't got uh, the opportunity to just uh, punch your name into uh, the website here or the webpage, and it says uh, Lucy Zelich gets emotion- emotional discussing Croatia's historic World Cup. Oh, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, a few tears, <laughs> few tears shed on the tally. Oh, mate, I've, I've always <laughs> worn my heart on my sleeve and the fact that I had to wear my heart on my sleeve in front of the nation during that World <laughs> Cup experience in 2018 was more than more than I wanted to have to share with the nation. Um, but, you know, it's a really emotional time and, and football just evokes that. And when you think about Croatia, for example, I mean, one half of my heart, of course, is Australian, born and raised here, but my blood, my ancestral blood, it's all linked back to Croatia. Um, that's where my parents are from, my extended family, um, and my other half of, of of course, will always be dedicated to that. Um, but, you know, th- for a country of just 4 million people to be in another semi-final uh, for the third time in 24 years yeah. of just over 4 million, you kind of go, this is really special. And we've faced so much socioeconomic and political crises over the years. You know, everyone I'm sure can agree that every country felt the effects of the pandemic, but Croatia also very much so. We're a country that's also very largely reliant on tourism. So to, to be in this moment um, is really special and I just, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that, again, if we do manage to, by the, the, the sheer God of grace, to, to make it past Argentina and end up in the final and it's France and us again, I don't know that I'll be able to take it. It'll be too much for me. <laughs> hey, Lucy, it is incredible. And, and I don't know how much time you spend there and how much you know or can provide us with an explanation for it. But it's, for whatever reason, it's not exclusive to football either. You look at what they do in basketball with the tennis players they've been able to produce. Uh, what can we learn from the way they are doing it? Because uh, it's they just seem to, with, with a small nation like you mentioned, be able to produce incredible athletes. We're a bunch of animals, aren't we, <laughs> basically put? I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, you know, handball as well is something that they're very passionate about. Water polo, they're very effective into. Uh, you know, we often think if we could merge all the Balkan nations into one, um, we'd have one hell of a football team and we'd actually go and, and, <laughs> and win the damn thing every year without, well, every tournament um, without contest. Uh, but, you know, they do. They're very skillful in a range of sports. And I think so much of it has to do with the fact, I mean, you can even compare it to the country of Uruguay, right? Mm. Um, we know that they crashed out of the tournament, but they've always put in such a, a strong and solid fight at these tournaments. And they're a country of also roughly the same population. I think it has a lot to do with the, the history and the, the spirit of the nation, you know, for a country of Croatia to have gone through such, uh, you know, turmoil um, and to, to have to rise above that, um, you know, coming out of war and, and to be as resilient as what they were to face so many challenges and to build their country again from the ground up um, to when they became a republic. I think it, it really has transpired through the people's spirits, their hearts, their, their passion, their resilience, their pursuit of excellence and to, to never give up. I mean, you see with the Croats, we go right to the death in, in penalties and we never, <laughs> ever give up. Mm. Um, and that I think a lot of it has to do with mental fortitude. You know, we were so proud of the Socceroos at the tournament because they really grasped it. They gave it everything that they had, which was a stark comparison to how they performed in 2018, you know, under Bert Van Marwijk, who went there just to minimise damage. And I, and I keep saying it, I'm so upset with the way that we performed still four years on because we, we know that we're better than that. And Graham Arnold showed that we were damn well better than that here in 2022 in Qatar. So it was a delight to watch. And I think that, you know, spirit and, and fight has a lot. To, there's a lot to be said for that in sport. There really is. Uh, the market now, I've got, I get the feeling you or the Croatian football team don't care about the market. <laughs> but the, the, odds, the odds makers are telling us you've got next to no chance against Argentina. Do you, in your heart of hearts... 
And of course, I'm not going to ask you to put your bias aside, but yeah. do you think you can knock off the Argentines? Well, I didn't even think we'd bloody beat Brazil. Like, <laughs> let's be quite frank about it. You know, when I'm watching the game and I'm thinking to myself, you know what, I had, I'd even predicted it. I said to my other half, I go, you know what, we're going to get spanked 4-1 here. I had this feeling that we were just going to absolutely cop it because Brazil, when you look at the strength of their side, I mean, they had depth for days, firepower coming out of their ears. Uh, you know, Chiche, a fantastic coach with them, has managed to do wonderful things with this team. They play electrifying football. We love what they do. Neymar at his absolute peak and best. So the Pick of plays in every single position across the park. Uh, you know, I really didn't think we stood a chance. But, you know, once it pushed through to that penalties level and with how fantastic our goalkeeper's been, I thought, you know what, we're, we're really in with a shot here. And mm. that's when I started to believe. And, we, look, we went through the same kind of um, path in 2018 as well. We were pushed at least three times before we made it to the final against France through to penalties. And once you get to penalties, I feel like it's that's when the mental side of things really start to come into the game because you've had players out there on the park for 120 minutes and they're feeling it, you know, mm. they're tired, they're exhausted. Um, and look, against the Argies, I know they're going to give us a game, but look, Argentina, they're always difficult, right? Because you watch them and you think, oh, I feel like we just haven't seen them go to that next level yet. When are they going to release the trailer? When are they going to really go <laughs> at a team? And, and, and you know what? I'm yet to see it. And what I'm starting to believe is that they don't maybe have that next level. You know, we're talking about a Messi who's coming towards the tail end of his career, much like Ronaldo. We all wanted the fairy tale, but football is no fairy tale. It's full of heartbreak and mm. pain, really. Let's be honest especially at a World Cup for so many nations. Um, but, you know, I think that the Croatians are going to... They're going to be really tough. The bookies can get stuffed. Yep. Um, because I, <laughs> that may be a bit of bias, but also a bit of... I mean, you know, look at Morocco. Who would have predicted that Morocco yeah. are where they are right now? They're knocking out yeah. Portugal. And they're in this situation. This is huge for them, you know. Historically, they've, they've written history. Um, and, you know, and they've done it with players of, of high-quality calibre. I mean, coming into this tournament, I remember yeah. talking about it with friends, and they always turn around and say, look, Morocco are no mugs, particularly when you look at them on paper, but you never imagined that a nation um, of that size, you know, the first African nation to make it at this level is, is just huge. Um, you know, for them to be able to progress to this mm. point in the tournament, it's just magnificent. So anything can happen on the day. Don't rule anyone Yeah, out. absolutely. Hey, Lucy, just uh, on a more local front, we heard the news today and it is great that uh, New South Wales and their, their state government them, yes. there is investing some significant dollars in order to secure the grand final series. Uh, it's a change because usually it's the highest ranked team that gets the home field advantage. Uh, what do you make of it? What do you make of this this shift that the uh, the new organisation that's running the A-League has now, for all intensive purposes, they've sold off the final series? They sold this. So there's nothing great about this, guys. And for all the listeners out there who are football lovers, you'll be able to agree with me. There's nothing great or good about this decision. The A-Leagues can try and dress this pig up as much as they like and they can call this turd whatever they want, but it is still a turd. It's disgusting, it's despicable, it's disgraceful, and it's a slap in the face to all of the football fans who have genuinely stood by their teams in this competition for all these years. Yeah. We have absolutely ridden these fans through the ringer right, for their capital, for their loyalty, for their commitment to this competition through its highs and its lows. And to do this, they have to be honest. I would have much preferred that Danny Townsend, who I will say, I've got nothing against Danny. He's a great guy. But on this front, I have to say, Danny, this is a disgrace. Um, you know, I would have much preferred that Danny came out and said, you know what, guys, we are economically as a league, we continue to struggle, right? Mm. We're not getting the ratings that we would have liked across our, our new broadcast partnership. Our crowd attendances are quite low. There were some fixtures before we broke to the World Cup that were generating just over 2,500 fans. That's embarrassing. I mean, this is a league 
league. This is a, a competition and a sport that's talking about wanting to be at the very best at the, the you know, the, the top of the food chain in Australia. And we're nowhere near achieving that. And making moves like this only further dampens our opportunities and our potential to be able to achieve that. So, you know, to come out and say that this is a good thing and that there's a reason why they've done this and it's, you know, creating history, a future history for our sport, to use Danny's words, what type of history are we creating by doing this? What's a, yes, you're, you're lining your coffers, which are desperately needing to be filled, and I tell you now, with how many fans you're going to piss off, you're going to need that money. But ultimately, we are in a situation where, as a sport, we need to be better, guys, and you can sense the passion and the fury in my voice. Yes, I've yes. been loving this game for so long, and I want to see it achieve the heights that it's capable of. But we're thrusting fans into a scenario now where if, say, let's say, for example, Melbourne victory, Melbourne City in the final. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You're going to force fans to not only then have to look, because we only find out who's going to be in the grand final a week out, right? So you've got to force them into a scenario where they've got to find accommodation and flights, which, by the by, I'm not travelling at the moment. I don't know about the rest of you lot. If work's not paying for it, who's willy-nilly just forking out almost $800 to go up north and back mm. with your family for, for, for fun? Like, mm. who's doing that? Because the cost of living is through the roof. We have to be real about what this is doing to Australians right now. And by doing this, that's not being real with your fans. You're not giving them the opportunity to come and give the best type of atmosphere possible. Because yeah. I can tell you now, do you think a bunch of Sydney siders are going to come to watch two Melbourne, two Melbourne teams duke it out? Yeah. They're not going to give a crap. <laughs> so we've got to start getting real, guys. And if we want this sport to be the best that it can be, then let's start to level with the fans. At least if you're going to make the cash grab for, you know, what's reported to be an eight-figure sum, tell us. Say, guys, you know what? We've done this in the short term. We've had to do it for financial reasons. We are struggling at the moment. We're looking to build our league. Um, you know, there's no PR spin on this. And that's what I think is the most insulting part. It's been really difficult to digest, I feel, for everybody in this scenario because mm. it's not good for the game. And it's just not good for the fans who provide so much love and loyalty and, and, and they are the lifeblood of this game too. In addition to the players, you've seen Craig Goodwin come out and say, mm. you know what, just to be clear, because he features in the video. And a lot of the people that feature in the video are good football people. They've been yeah. forced into this scenario. Let's shove the shoehorn in. Hey, guys, come and do this promotional video and say exactly what we want you to say because we need to dress this turd up. <laughs> no! Yeah. Stop doing it. Stop wow. Doing it. Uh, we we, we, oh, we love it, it Lucy. We, there was a reason passion, we wanted Lucy. to get you on today because we love your passion. Uh, thanks so much. And it makes you, a whole lot of sense, too. Yeah, a lot of sense, uh, a lot more than you and I. So thanks, Lucy, for coming on. Good luck to your Croatians on Wednesday morning. Yes, the game on. starts at 6. I figure you'll be up well and truly before that. So thanks so much for giving us a few minutes today. I won't sleep at night. It's always a pleasure, Josh, Gazy, big yep. fans. Take care, guys. Anytime. Good on you, Thank Lucy. you. That was Lucy Zelich. Well, that's made the podcast. Oh, welcome back. It's five minutes past five. Andrew Gaze into the last half an hour yes. of your working year for 2022. Oh, with SEN. Yes. You've no, got other got, commitments. Got the commentary commitments ongoing. And commercial of course, animal. The, the jump on Wednesday nights. I won't be there this Wednesday. I've got a uh, engagement in a state. So Double I won't be booked. Able to, Double booked, but um, how good was Lucy Zelich? Is she it's coming uh, through loud and clear on the forty weeks temper? Figure out a way just to not sit on the fence so much and just <laughs> tell us what she really feels. Then I think she'll got a long way to uh, a very bright future. But no, nah, uh, she's she's great and very passionate. Loves the game, and that's uh, why we got her on because she's passionate. But it's not just beyond that. It's not just stupid passionate. It's there is some logic. Now, there's behind thought behind it. 
what she's saying. So it's not always well the case. Um, we are here for robot building supplies. Robots got it. And Berwick BMW pre-owned vehicles ready for immediate. Mm. And that means can instantaneous delivery. Getting back to this A-League and their decision to sell their Quickly, because we've got an important guest on the line. Well, just on that, because maybe before we end, we could uh, finish it off. But uh, it's not – they are getting a, a, a very – healthy return a nice for it. check. Yes. And it's not unique to the A League. There are other there are other leagues throughout the world. The AFL Hey, without money, thing. you got no league. So the, it, I can understand it's a balancing act in there somewhere, but I do appreciate Lucy's comments and I 100% agree with it that it is a, a, a bit of a kick in the guts for the fans. Indeed it is. Let's get to Chad Sayers because uh, we've just seen the – we're on air because the West Indies couldn't manage to take the uh, test match, the second test against the Aussies to a fifth day. The man, a man who was in the house calling it all for SEN cricket, a former superstar uh, in his own right, is Chad Sayers. Chad, thanks for giving us uh, your afternoon or a few moments of your afternoon, uh, but a bit of a shame that we're not all still watching the game. Hey, boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it is, uh, Josh. Um, the West Indies obviously didn't put up a great fight, did they? And as we've seen so many times over the last few years, the Australian dominance with the pink ball, um, they just blew him out of the water from day one, and there was no coming back from the West Indies. And on that, Chad, because we've had a few calls, and everyone um, not all that positive about the West Indies team and the fight that they put up, particularly in that second test. But is it being a bit disingenuous to the Australian team and what they're capable of doing? Because they they didn't put a foot wrong uh, by and large throughout the two tests. Should we discredit? the West Indies more than we credit the Australian team? Oh, I think credit goes to the Australians. And we know how good they've been over the last decade, really. And the pace attack, they lose two. Two more come in and, and show how good they are. Um, Australia's batting. West Indies just couldn't do anything to get them out. Could they? Manus just loves batting. We saw Travis Head, how good was it to see him get 100 in his hometown. But... I think the West Indies are a bit dismal at the moment, Gazy. Mm. Uh, they've got no match winners. Um, you couldn't see where they were getting a wicket from, and there was no partnerships with the bat. So they've got a lot of work to do moving forward. Uh, Chad, we, we heard from Jared uh, Whateley, who was on uh, his own show as a guest, uh, as a matter of fact, talking about the such as been the performances from uh, from Scotty Boland and Michael Nisa that perhaps the pecking order in the Australian uh, seam attack may have changed. What's your read on 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 our, I guess, our embarrassment of riches when it comes to our fast bowlers? Yeah, I don't think um, anything will be changing if uh, the big three are fit, uh, Jenko, but um, it just shows how good our um, bowling stocks are, doesn't it, when you can bring two blokes in who haven't played for Australia for over a year and they just show their dominance um, as they do in shield cricket. So... It's handy to have uh, blokes like that, and that's what makes a good side, doesn't it? So I'm sure it's the same with the batting. If if one of those go down, another will step up. So what you're telling me is, if everyone's fit and firing, uh, Scotty Boland, who's, who has some of the greatest uh, averages and figures you've ever seen, as well as Michael Nisa, will have to miss out in Brisbane. Or will what's Josh Hazelwood's status? Is there a chance that those two guys with a fully fit lineup will well, have to miss out? out? I think Hazelwood's out. Yeah, Hazelwood's been he has been ruled out of this first test against Africa. So one of uh, Boland or Nessa will play unless they bring Lance Morris, who's in the squad as well, who bowls over 150. So oh. um, another bloke who. Who set the uh, world on fire as well? If he did get a chance, but um, it's just the 
I guess the sport, isn't it? You would have known when you're playing footy, you can be in form and find yourself in the twos. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just as long as you, you perform and you get the chance and uh, keep your name in front of the selectors. Who would you pick as the you know, Hazelwood's out? Who would you put in there between uh, Boland and Nisa? Because Nisa's a, a, a Queenslander, so will that give him the edge or what's? how would you go about it? Yeah, it'd be great to see him get a chance in front of his home ground and in his condition, he knows so well. But um, I think Scotty Boland, we saw, saw the impact he had on on day three in, in the, under the lights, three wickets in an over. It's unheard of in Test cricket, and um, he just everything happens when he's got the ball in his hand. So I I assume he will get the nod um, ahead of Michael Nessa. And what about the, the, the during that second test? It all, all sort of blew up for reasons that we don't like talking about, and that is, of course, David Warner with his agent uh, James Erskine oh, coming geez. out with a few little, uh, a um, few little revelations. Well, they're probably not that little, but uh, since then, I think David Warner's tried to squash them a, a little bit. But his form has been not great, I guess, not necessarily terrible, but not great. Do you think that this is weighing on him even now that he's made the decision not to go ahead and appeal his uh, his life ban? What do you make of all that and the impact it's having on him? Yeah, it probably wasn't great timing, was it, for his manager to come out and say what he did? And he has been struggling a little bit, but we know we saw glimpses, I guess, in the in the second test of, of what he can do. And I'm sure against the attack of South Africa, he'll um, be back to his best. He loves the contest and and loves um, playing playing test cricket at his best. So I'm sure he'll get back. But yeah, not ideal. Um, I'm sure he just wants everything to be behind him now and obviously coming to the end of his career and he just want to play free spirit cricket. Hey, hey just on uh, outside with the BBL, we've got all that coming up as well. Indeed. And the news, news that uh, Steve Smith, I believe, is going to be, has been signed. Now to me, from the outside looking in, it looks like he's played this beautifully and a few extra shillings will jump <laughs> into the uh, into the bank account. Um, what do you make of all that that's gone on and, and the BBL and the, the relationship now with Steve Smith coming back in, it, it, that can only be a positive, can't it? Yeah, you want your best players playing um, in the best competition for domestic cricket, don't you? And if he can play one game, if he can play five games, I'm sure the the Australian crowd and the people who go to the cricket will want to see him batting in the magenta for the sixes. So um, I'm all for it. Obviously, the paycheck wouldn't be um, as big as the other players you'd hope, um, only playing a few games. But, um, yeah, you want your best players playing and for him to be playing for the sixes is great. Uh, Chad, yeah. we've uh, got the uh, Proteas uh, incoming. What what can we expect from It's been a little while, I think, since we've seen them on our uh, on our shores. What can we expect from South Africa? Because typically they are absolutely a, a powerhouse, particularly in, in, in Test cricket. Yeah, that's that's right, Josh. And they're sitting second in the World Test uh, Championship at the moment behind the Aussies. So it's a 1v2. And as the Aussies do, South Africa have a really good pace attack. They bowl fast. Um, Rabada, Nortik and... Jensen all bowl above 140, so Australia's batters are going to have it cut out for them. They won't get it as easy as they did against the West Indies, so that's going to be a great contest. And um, yeah, it's going to be a tight contest, I think. So a lot better cricket than we've seen. And you speak of better better cricket and uh, the attendances. It looked it wasn't too bad, I guess, in Adelaide, but um, overall, uh, has it been a bit down on what they would have expected? Oh, definitely in Perth was disappointing, wasn't it? When you're getting crowds of 8,000, 9,000 to a test match and watching your country play. We all know, uh, I guess, 10, 15 years ago, everyone was ready to go and 
you couldn't wait to go watch Australia play. But now it's a little bit disappointing to see low crowds. But as you said, Adelaide turned it on. Gazy out the back was electric. It was party atmosphere. Josh would have been down there a few times when he was on the Crows list. <laughs> and um, oh, A few stubbies. It's a great... Great scene, isn't it? So um, the cricket was definitely back in Adelaide, mate, and the crowds were there. So nothing nothing to see here? You just think that that's a, a little glitch that we had in Western Australia? Or do you They're think not happy a, with us, the West Australians, a, a bit cricket of, team. Well, no, of course not, because not what happy. we did to the coach. But um, do, do you think that there is a, still some fundamental issues that they need to address, or is that just a little aberration and we just uh, move on, nothing to see here? I think it's just nothing to see here. I guess the opposition's, uh, everyone knew they probably weren't going to be uh, a great contest for Australia, so um, they probably just didn't turn out in numbers. Hey, uh, Chad, uh, now you're not going to, if you were a keen BBL uh, fan, as many are, you won't miss a ball of the BBL season uh, here on SEN thanks to Big Bash Nation. And you're a part of the call team uh, calling alongside Miles Fitzner, I think, on Wednesday night as uh, a lot of the season gets underway. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, now, I know you've got a, a, a preference or a leaning toward the uh, SA teams, and you're probably uh, keen on Adelaide's chances. But overall, which team should we should we be on the lookout for uh, in the uh, in the BBL this year? Oh, you can never go past the Perth Scorchers, can you? They always produce a great list, and they always uh, produce the goods, don't they? They're the running premiers for a reason. But I think Hobart might be a little sneaky chance. I like the coaching staff of the SA boys of Jeff Fawn. Darren Berry and um, Robbie Castle, they've got themselves a good list and some good imports as well. So um, they're going to be my second pick for the tournament. Beautiful. We love it, Chad. Uh, enjoy uh, each and every game. You're going to be on the call every single game for the uh, home games for the Adelaide Strikers alongside Miles Fitzner on the uh, Big Bash Nation. So good luck with that and thanks for giving us a few minutes. No, no worries, boys. Thanks for having me. Well done, Chad. Beautiful. There's uh, Chad Sayers. Don't miss a ball of BBL 12 by tuning into Big Bash Nation right across the SEN network. Can't wait for that. The Big Bash is, uh, I, I know I know a little bit of the gloss has come off, Gazy, but it's still a very, very exciting uh, commodity and product and something that's great. Mm. You know, go home after a long day, what's on the telly? Big Bash is on. What's on the radio? The Big Bash mm. is on. You can just go and consume some when you want to. No, well, that's true. Well, I think it's got a little bit more work to do. Uh, I think that we've seen a decline and when it first came out, and I think Steve Smith coming back in to have a – Profile name in there will add a, a bit more interest, but it, I, I'm really curious to see what happens uh, with the Big Bash this season because let, let's be honest, I'm, it's it's the reality of it is mm-hmm. it's not pulling the numbers that it once did, and uh, hopefully we can see a turnaround and can pick up. I like it. Wise words from a wise man, and now uh, it's time for a little sports bet action. Talk to me. How do you feel? Mm. You got five minutes to go before yes. she's she's curtains. Have uh, you achieved everything you needed to achieve on the airwaves uh, this year? Uh, yeah, it's been a fun year. Andy's been great to work with. You've been uh, a lot of fun. And uh, well, I'm looking forward to next year. We'll see what happens. Ratings tomorrow. So, Excuse me? Um, yes. We'll see what happens. You know, when a, when a player says that, mm. that's just up in lights <laughs> in the, the next no, day. No, no, not at all. Gaze, non-committal no. to future. Hey, you know what? Before I go, I want yeah, to change the topic. Go. Well, because we're just bantering a little bit there, aren't we? Uh, Brock Party. Purdy. Purdy. Mr. Irrelevant. Well, I saw a beautiful uh, uh, bit of vision on the uh, Twitter because he's the third string quarterback. Is that right? Third yes. or maybe even currently fourth string? starting. So because currently of the starting QB. Opportunities. He's been given one with a marquee franchise with the 49ers. Well, 
He got the win today, and if you saw the vision, they had some, I don't know if it's a fixed camera, but they had some camera vision of his dad mm. in the crowd and just so emotional to see his boy out there fulfilling a boyhood dream of starting for the San so, Francisco 49ers and, mind you, thumping, getting the win. Uh-uh, thumping. Thumping. Well, that's getting the win. Handling. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, yes. 35-7. It was 28 nothing at halftime. Well, the other part of this story, and interested to get your feedback, uh, mm. you tell the story because well, there was an interception by one of the there players. There was, and I forgot the name of the player because he's a very little-known defender mm. for San Francisco. Mm. He intercepted a pass from Tom Brady. Often when you make a play that's memorable, if it's your first touchdown or mm. a milestone, you get to keep the ball right then and there. They'll give you the ball because there's, you know, they use about ten balls per game. So he he made the interception. Yes, requested to keep the ball. He did. Then uh, proceeded at the end of the game to take the ball to Tom Brady mm. and ask him to sign it, which Tom uh, did. To his credit, because you're to coming credit, off a loss. Yep. And you could have easily said, thinking, nah, "No, I'm not in the mood for it right now." Uh, on your way, he Ship signed off. that ball after the game. So that's that just speaks to the level uh, and how revered. And how highly but regarded watch. Tom Brady is. You watch. Uh, temper text machine. We're getting coming to the end, so maybe there just might be a bit of temper text fatigue. But you <laughs> watch. You'll find someone that go, ah, this guy's not committed. He's not dedicated. What are you doing going up and getting the autograph of uh, one of the other players like they did with the Australian team with Lionel Messi? Yes. That they, they copped a bit of abuse. They did cop a little bit for that. Now, this is what... And I said it the it same back then. It doesn't mean you play, you, you when try the any less over. against them. Yeah. Like he intercepted the ball. If yeah. he, if he, if he it was made his... Brady look bad. Correct. So, uh, but you can still have respect when you've finished the game and all's done and dusted, you still idolize the greatness. And when it comes to greatness, it's not, it doesn't get much better than Tom Brady. It gets so, no better in the NFL. Seven Super Bowl rings. Incredible. I'll tell you what, there won't be an eighth. Mm. No. they are Oh, they stinky. made the finals, won't they? Stinky. They'll get a birth, a little wild card action or something. Stinky. Where are they? They are leading the NFC South, which is the worst division in football. Mm. But the way it's structured in the NFL, if you win your division, you get a home playoff game, even though mm. your record winning, winning off, and Brady. losing. Don't write off, Brady. Written off. Get that, He's the sort of guy that in the emotion of the moment can extract a little something from he his can, team. Now, and if he they has. Get, they've still got some work to do. Last time I looked, they're still not a guarantee, I don't think, no, are no, they? No, no, no. no. What are they? They're about 500, aren't they? Just over. Just over 500. So they've got a bit of work to do. Or just under, perhaps. But they're putrid. They mm. are dead set putrid this year. They're old mm. and they're slow across the board. Not as bad as your boys, the Denver. Uh, no, well, I'm a Bengals fan. Uh, Broncos. Arguably the best team in football. At the moment. Mm. What have you got planned? We've got a minute or so left. Right. Uh, we've done a good job to just completely just hogwash the past three minutes of radio. So we mm. might as well do the same for the next minute. What What have you got planned over the – you've got plenty of NBL commitments. But... I do. I've still got the commentary, still got the show, The Jump on ESPN, 8.30 on Wednesdays. Won't be there this Wednesday because I've got a prior engagement going interstate. But uh, it's going to be fun time. A really, really close uh, tussle uh, for the remainder of the regular season and interesting to see what Melbourne United can do. Can they turn it around? I had them in the well and truly in the top six, but right now they're on the outside looking in. They had a good win on the weekend. They play tonight, in fact, against the yes, Perth, Perth Wildcats. 9.30, that's a bit rough but, on us. Um, Is that the open air? The roof's open? No, no, that's in January. Oh, okay, they got sorry. an open air game. But just want to thank all the listeners for a wonderful year. You treat me very kindly. Uh, love the feedback I get off the temper text machine. You help me out a lot because 
Still learning a lot about uh, certain sports, and the Temper Text Machine is an encyclopedia when it comes to sports. So fantastic, and just everyone have a unbelievable Christmas. Get around your family. Try to help those that perhaps are going through some tough times and uh, very safe and joyful festive Prosperous season. Prosperous and merry. And just enjoy yourself. Wrap your arms around people. And I hopefully will be talking to you next year. But um, If not, the ratings tomorrow, we're poor. Well, that might have something to do with it. But looking forward <laughs> to it. You've been fantastic. Merry Christmas. And uh, have a safe New Year's. Couldn't say it any better myself. See you later.